0: The following is a
1: presentation of AOW Productions. This program contains adult content. Listener discretion is advised. The views and opinions expressed by
2: the host of this program do not necessarily stay to reflect those of this station or its management.
3: Bringing you... Controversy at its best with uncensored music,
1: comedy, and political discussion. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Outlaw Radio.
4: All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Outlaw Radio for the 17th of April, 2021. I am your host, Bad Billy, and I've got a great show lined up for you today. Now, if you remember just a little under a month ago, um, I dug into the archives of AOW Productions, decided to uh, dust off some classics. Uh, Remember the classic with Ronda Rousey? Uh, back in 2011 on Fight Nation Radio, and then uh, the other classic with uh, Gareth McClellan on the Badlands Combat Sports Radio Show in early 2012. Well, I have decided to do that at least once a month, and that's what we have this week. So, planned out for this week, uh, I'm going to uh, bring in uh, the interview that I did with Neil Goliath Grove back in early 2012. Now, he was the first person that I interviewed out of the UK. Then I realized later in the interview that he was actually the first South African to uh, be featured on my show. And you know, I've interviewed a lot of great uh, South African fighters on the Badlands Combat Sports Radio Show. And in the second hour, I decided to uh, dig further into... ...into the archives of AOW Productions. Now, this is an interview in the second hour that I was not a part of, at least verbally. You won't hear me talking in that, but I was behind the scenes in the productions on this. And this was uh, the interview with the one and only Jake the Snake Roberts, yes, the WWE legend, that was on Stunner Wrestling Inc. with Tommy Coolwater and Stephen James. So I've decided to dig into the archives and pull that one out. That one was from uh, the summer of 2010. So yes, definitely looking forward uh, to bringing you all that. So before we get to all that, uh, I want to cue up. decided since we're starting out uh, the show with somebody in the uk why not uh, start out uh, a song start out with a song from an artist out of the uk this is the darker my horizon and beware the wolf and i'll be back with the interview with neil grove right after this and we go a little something like this hit it
5: now from a rented basement because bad billy's mom threw him out it's outlaw radio
3: thrill seeker rocking out to the station i hear you you're probably even sipping on a drink right now an average blah blah drink in a can or bottle one that doesn't quite hit the spot for you. I'll bet you want something different, don't you? Something more. Take your shot with Cold Cock Whiskey. The best whiskey anywhere. Why? Because it's different from other liquors. Cold Cock Whiskey is herbal whiskey. 100% all natural herbs blended with aged American whiskey. No more morning after sugar hangovers from other liquors. With Cold Cock's blend of herbs including green tea, hibiscus, ginger, eucalyptus, and more, you'll be an Herbal heaven. Cold Cock Whiskey, available at spirit stores and distributors America-wide. Find one near you at coldcockwhiskey.com. Follow Cold Cock Whiskey on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Celebrate those special moments with friends. Raise your glass. Take your shot. You must be 21 or older to drink Cold Cock Whiskey. Please drink responsibly.
5: Because there are some people out there who need practical advice. And yes i'm talking about you wisdom beyond value from the desk of mr holland you know you're ugly when the dog has to close its eyes to hump your leg
6: mr holland mr
2: holland over here over here
6: ma'am
5: ma'am please keep it in your pants i love america nothing bad happens here I blindly follow my
6: president, my hero, my ruler. His beliefs are my beliefs. His God is my God. I love America. Nothing bad happens here. I blindly follow my president, my hero, my ruler. His beliefs are my beliefs. His God is my God. What would America be like without freedom of
0: speech? This message is brought to you by the NAB Education Foundation and the Broadcast Education Association.
5: First, there was cracked up lie this is cranked up live then cranked up went country
1: today's best and
5: tomorrow's greats
3: cranked up country now cranked up live is back
5: Back. 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 this is a sizzling hot
3: podcast cranked up live curtis mckinney and brad hennington will keep you listening keep you laughing and keep you coming back for more Convicted felons will no longer be called convicted felons. Do you know what they want to call them, Curtis? no Justice-involved individuals is what they renamed them. Listen and download the podcasts at crankeduplive.com. Check them out on Facebook at facebook.com slash crankeduplive. Cranked up live. Some material may not be suitable for children under 18. I'm Neil, and you're listening
7: to Outlaw Radio, where we say what the fuckity fuck we want.
3: No exceptions.
4: All right, ladies and gentlemen, you have just heard Beware the Wolf by The Darker My Horizon. And now, as promised, here is the interview with Neil Goliath Grove back on the Badlands Combat Sports Radio Show from January 2012. Here we go.
3: Digging deep into the history of AOW Productions, this is an Outlaw Radio AOW Classic.
6: Ladies and gentlemen, make some noise for Neil Goliath
2: Grove! It's a no-lose situation for Neil Grove, isn't it? It absolutely is. certainly is
8: i have neil goliath grove with me how you doing neil i'm good billy thank you very much for having me hey good to have you here on the show (laughs) and uh, neil my first question to you is uh what were your early inspirations what made you want to get involved in the fighting arts to begin with
9: well, to be honest with you, I, I never really uh, did anything as a kid, uh, even into my teens and 20s. Um, I uh, started doing Goju when I was 30 years old, or close to 30 years old, um, because I was working uh, on the, over the weekends. I was working the door uh, as a security guard or bouncer, or whatever you call it, over in America. And um, I met my sensei in the process and started doing goju karate. And goju is very similar to Kyokushin. And it's a combat style karate. It's not uh, a point scoring uh, Olympic style karate. So uh, it, it was very interesting. It was very really hardcore. We do a lot of knockdown competitions as well, and uh, it's a well-rounded style. So we do uh, we do cover a lot of clinching, throws, and submission work as well. You know, there's obviously there's weaponry and techniques and killing people and stuff, <laughs> which. Uh, <laughs> which I don't think uh, would go off well in in the cage, but um, I got to a point uh, after doing it for five years, five and a half years, uh, I got my black belt. And then uh, because the the dojo is a safe environment, uh, you don't really go out and lash out and and hurt people to to test your complete ability. I mean, I was always bigger than anybody else and my sensei really concentrated on on, on working with me and my technique uh, quite a lot. And um, I stopped working the door in 2006 as well. So I got to a point where I wasn't going to go and cause trouble or have a fight in public um, to test my ability. And the next best thing, obviously, is what we call an England cage fighting, MMA. And um, he was was happy with me doing it. Uh, Everybody said, why don't you go do a semi-professional fight or, uh, you know, Amateur fight, and uh, I just thought, no, why would I want to go and test my ability and not do it completely, you know? So, uh yeah, I had my first cage fight in November 2006. I was almost 36 years old at the time. So, like
8: Randy Couture, basically you're a late bloomer in the sport. Even though he started wrestling at a very young age, he really didn't start uh, MMA until his early to mid-30s. And yeah. uh, And... Uh, you know, a lot of my listeners are blind or visually impaired people, and uh, a few of them really love hearing from the heavyweights, and uh, it's not without reason that uh, you're nicknamed Goliath. So I want you to tell our listeners, especially the blind or visually impaired, uh, how how tall you are and how much you weigh.
9: Okay, um, I'm six foot six, that's uh, one meter 99 centimeters, and I used to walk around Two eighty-five, three hundred. Uh, I think the heaviest I ever fought it was about three fifteen. <laughs> I was very fat and unfit, but yeah, I'm quite big. I've got no hair. I shaved all my <laughs> I shaved all my hair off at twenty six, twenty seven, and then I've got some beautiful scars from from accidents I had uh, in my past over uh, my forehead and my throat and stuff. And uh, yeah, my my mother in law. When I first started doing MMA, she was the lady who had uh, said, why don't you call yourself Goliath Grove. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's, I'm, I'm just big, uh, naturally big. I think uh, when I left school uh, at 18, um, I weighed 235, 240 pounds and uh, gradually just, you know, as you grow older, you become more muscular and uh uh, I think I reached my potential about 32, 33 years old, but um, ever since then it's 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 a it's a big fight when it comes to weight. You know, you do weightlifting and stuff like that, you get bigger, and if you don't, you get fatter. So <laughs> a bit up and down with the weight, but yeah, I am six foot six. Uh, walk around 275, 280 pound, pounds right now, and. Uh, Big tall South African. <laughs> yeah,
8: yeah. so I mentioned uh, you're in England, but uh, according to your uh, bio, you were born in South Africa?
9: Yes, yes, I was born in South Africa, born and raised there, and I came over to England in 1996, so oh. I've been here for 15 years now.
8: Oh, okay. And uh, so... I I do have to ask, uh, coming from uh, South Africa, and uh, I've I've already heard some uh, horror stories about Johannesburg and all that, so does, (laughs) does that mean you have a bit of
9: a street fighting background as well? Not at all. Um, I've got a rugby background, and at the time when I was living in Johannesburg, it was a very safe place. In fact, if you ask anybody now, anybody now from South Africa, what is Hillbrow like? They all laugh and say you don't go there because you'll die. We used to go out there as kids. Um, we there was a couple of nightclubs we used to frequent there, and uh, you know, although there were gangs in those days, uh, it was it was a safe environment. Uh, it was, I want to say safe. It was it was it was relatively safe compared to what it is now. Um you know Johannesburg has changed since uh, I left I left the country and um I mean it's it's not like I wouldn't go there i when, when you're a South African you live past it you don't see the dangers. It's like living in New York. there's certain parts of New York you just don't go into there's certain parts of Vegas you don't go into exactly So, um, <laughs> you know it, it, it is what it is, and obviously but being a foreigner and you hear some you know hear stuff of a country, you're going to hear about the bad stuff you're only going to hear about the bad stuff so yeah uh, there's more dangerous places than Johannesburg. I promise you that but um no, I, I never really got involved in a fight unless I was playing rugby, and you know what rugby is like. It's a tough sport, and uh, you know, tempers fly amongst the boys. And, and as a young man, I used to play it up until the age of 24, um, 23, 24. And then, uh, you know, from there, I only ever had fights when I was at school. I was actually bullied at school, and, um, and, and I actually really only started growing when I was about 14 years old. I was quite short up to that age. And uh, because you grow at 14, 15, you become very skinny and, you, you know, people keep picking on you. I, I and, understand. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's the only fighting I really did. And I think uh, after school, the only fighting I ever did was trying to stand up for my friends. You know, friends of mine got bullied or if I saw a girl get smacked, I, I, then I'd get involved. But uh, otherwise, I never picked a fight. If somebody said to me, you can't come into the nightclub or sort of, you know, squaring off with me, I'd just turn my back and walk away. That's, that's the sort of person I am.
8: Yeah, that's a good thing. Um, so I do have to ask, uh, going uh, to uh, MMA from uh, karate, your your style of karate, which I, for, I, I forgive me, I forgot what style it is. It's Gojiru. Gojuru, okay. Yeah. Um, going into MMA, um, was there anybody in particular you had your sights set on, anybody you wanted to fight?
9: No, not at all. I think uh, when I initially decided I wanted to do this, I said to my wife and I said to my sensei at the time, I only want to do one or two fights. There was nobody in particular I wanted to fight. I just wanted to go out there and feel what it felt like. But it's addictive. I think, uh, especially because I won my first five fights quite easily, um, it it became addictive. And it was always something that was just going to be a hobby of mine. Uh, It it definitely doesn't pay in in England to fight. Um, The the events here just don't have the money the the American companies do. And... um, so, you know, I, I still work and there's, there's not, not a lot of money to be made in MMA over here. So I still work during the day and um, I was always only just going to have two fights. I think what did inspire me as I became more and more addicted to MMA and, and the fighting scene... Was, uh, we mentioned him before, Randy Couture. Because of his age, I just felt, man, if he can do it at his age, so can I. And I've trained carefully, I've changed the way I eat, and through proper nutrition and and, and careful training, um, I have found that my body is still capable and able. You know, I think I'm I'm very young in this sport, I've only been doing it for four years, and I think I've got another four or five years left, you know, unless my body turns around tomorrow and tells me, oh, I've had enough now, this, uh, I'm still doing this.
8: I hear you. Now, I want to talk about uh, your debut. You're uh, going to have to help me here with the uh, pronunciation, but uh, you fought somebody back in uh, 2006, uh, Anthony Accord LaCour- 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 yeah. And uh, I, watched, <laughs> I watched that fight on YouTube, and uh, you smashed him. What else can I say? <laughs> I want you to tell our, tell our listeners in your words about that fight.
9: My first fight, and I think uh, the first couple of fights of my career, it was the most scariest experience ever. I mean, I've done the highest bungee jump in the world in South Africa, uh, jumping off Storm's River Bridge, uh, which is 216 meters, um, you know, that's, that's like between five and 600 feet, uh, that a bungee jump, and, and that didn't scare me, whereas... My first fight, and 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 I'll ha- hold my hands up every time anybody asks me, I was shitting myself. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was scary—the the idea of stepping into a cage and then closing it, and and it's only you and another guy. Uh, there's a lot. There, there was a lot of fights where I felt to myself that you're just stupid, but you can't turn around and decide that you you don't want to do this. So many people have come to watch you, and in those days, it's a very small venue that I fought in, a very small company. And I sold two thirds of the tickets of the people who came to watch uh, um I made you know a lot of money selling the tickets, and I think I only made something like five pounds per ticket I sold and um out of the five hundred people in there, three hundred were my friends and or, or I think people I sold tickets to who wanted to see me get beat up <laughs> but, <laughs> but, uh, but uh yeah, it was uh very scary um, I, was, I was nervous and um, as, as you become more versed in, in, in the sport and uh, you, you gain the confidence and eventually you come to realise and this is what everybody should realise in MMA it's it's just, a, it's just another sport um, and it's a safe sport uh, you've got a referee in there you've got the cage which makes it really safe you can't fall out of it um, the, 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 it's a matted platform that you're fighting on it's sprung loaded and you've got the ambulance service there. I've never been at the show where there's no ambulance service. So there's always doctors and, and, and people around who can, or first aiders who can help you if you get cut or whatever. Um, and as you progress and fight for bigger events, you start getting cut men and all sorts of other people in there who can help you. Um, so yeah, I, t- I was, Billy, I was really, really scared with my first fight. My first, I'd say my first three, four fights. I was scared and uh, eventually you start getting game planned and eventually you start watching your opponent's fights. You become more and more educated in the sport and and you start doing things that makes it easier for you to step in the cage and fight somebody. Um, if you, I mean, the scaredness is gone now. So luckily, it's all gone, but the nervousness is still there. You always feel nervous.
8: Oh, absolutely! Yeah, I, I agree. I've I've done a little fighting myself, and uh, every single one of them, I, I was scared, a little nervous. You know, so I know what you're saying. I mean, even when I wrestled, I was I was nervous, so I I can relate.
9: You're not human if you not if you're not nervous.
8: <laughs> <laughs> exactly, and when it comes to. Uh, some names in MMA coming out of England. You you fought a few uh, well known. Like uh, one I want to talk about right now is uh, the Colossus James Thompson. Um, he's he's a big scary dude too. I mean, uh, <laughs> but uh, wow! Ten seconds and you and you knocked him out with a with a good clean punch. <laughs> I
9: mean, it wasn't even. I'll, I'll be honest with you. It wasn't a clean punch. It just hit him in the right place. If I think if it was a clean punch, the man wouldn't have been fighting anymore. Um, you know saying that there was a lot of bad blood between me and him after that fight I think more on on his part but but um, uh, he's grown up now. <laughs> he's, he's an adult, and uh, we, we have since, uh, especially this year, we've been in contact with each other and trained a couple of times together, and he's a, an extremely nice guy. Um, it's all the bravado and, 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 and showmanship, which he has, which obviously still makes him a very popular fighter, and, uh, even though he's lost a lot of fights. Um, you know, he's won a couple, and yeah, there's been some bad decisions for the, for the man as well, so I can understand why he's an angry person, but... Uh, He's a, he's a very nice guy. He's and, he, and he's very very talented. Um, he's just had some bad fights, just had some bad moments.
8: Oh yeah, he's he's been caught on the chin by you or by uh, uh, Brett Rogers uh, to speak. But uh, I've I've seen him also. I, I watched him in Pride do very very well at, at the same oh, yeah. time. Yeah, and so. Uh, one other uh, fighter out of England that uh, has caught my attention a few times that uh, you have fought is uh, Rob Broughton, which unfortunately was your first loss, but uh, it was only by majority decision. And, have you
9: uh, seen the fight, Billy? Uh, unfortunately, I have not. I'm going to give you, a promise you, go and watch that fight and then give me another call and tell me what you think. Mm-hmm. I'm not even going to tell you anything about that fight. I love uh, Rob Broughton. He's a... Uh, Again, a very talented guy. I think uh, somebody who could probably cut down to light heavy if he put a bit of work into it, and who again has the heart of a lion. And he's uh, again a very nice guy. Uh, but what I want you to look at specifically is look at his face when they announce him as the winner. Uh, I was I was shocked. I mean, it wasn't my best performance. Uh, it was the lightest I ever fought at. As well. I was 124 kilograms, or said so, 250, 275 um not the largest I've ever fought but it, but was it was the lightest i, I fought at, at my first fight, and uh I was fit as ever for that fight i just at the end of the, the third round I was tired. and i think a lot of the judging looked at that and obviously him being a previous champion um i don't know why they picked him as a winner but anyway it, it was a great fight it was my first uh, five uh, sorry three rounder and uh yeah. It's the only loss I have where i'm not happy not happy about it i've lost a couple of times now, and um that's one of the losses. I just think to myself if I didn't lose that fight it's just nonsense. um not that I feel like uh, a rematch would would make it any better um you know he's busy with another event right now, and I wish him all the best uh he deserves it, but uh yeah, home yeah, <laughs> he- great. <laughs>
8: Now, since you're mentioning um, that uh, you you say you uh, fight normally, you walk around maybe at 275. Have uh, have all your fights been at super heavyweight, or have you had to make the cut to 265?
9: No, I, you know, I, I fought for the UFC in 2009 and it was the first time I had to go down to 265 and I actually found it pretty pretty easy. I was uh, introduced to a guy called Craig Maddox who owns a strength and conditioning c- uh, gym in South End called Excel, Health and Performance. And uh, he helped me a lot when it comes to my nutrition and also helped me change the way I train. Uh, I stopped doing weights and and he purely worked on MMA strength and conditioning, and that made me cut weight quite easy. Um, and ever since then, I've always just kept on weight at that sort of weight. I think I fought, uh, once more before I, sorry, twice more before I went to, to fight for Balaton in 2010. And, um, it's been it's been quite easy cutting down to that weight. As I'm getting older, I suppose it's getting a little bit harder because uh, I do have a sweet tooth. But I, um, I I do eat a lot of vegetables. I don't eat pasta, breads, uh, or potatoes. You know stuff that make you uh, put weight on. I don't uh, eat any of that. But um, yeah, I I actually feel at my best the lighter I am. I think the lightest I've is two sixty three and and I and I feel very light on my feet that, uh, when I'm that weight.
8: Now, uh, another fight that's uh, catching my attention is an, another uh, known fighter out of England that uh, you defeated in, in uh, James McSweeney. Why don't you tell our listeners about that
9: fight? Um, 2008, it was uh, just before Pro Elite went bankrupt. Uh, also Elite XC yep. uh, at the time. And um, they, they owned the Cage Rage, and it was going to be for the Cage Rage title. Uh, I think, I think it was two weeks before, because most of our spots, uh, posters and everything, were still the the own cages, But two weeks before that, uh, the company had changed their name uh, to continue the show and it became an ultimate challenge. Um, by the way, again, he's somebody who's much better at a life-hitting yeah. Um, so he was always going to be quick and be very good with his hands, but uh when it comes to ground fighting, I think he's he's still learning. He's like me, we both still <laughs> still learning when it comes to that. Uh it went into the second round, one of my few f- fights I did go into more than one round and uh I knew that uh, you know standing standing up with a guy who's who's a kickboxer um I had to do something different so I took him down and uh that's where I won the fight.
8: Okay, and then you're talking about uh, you, you, you took him down. So uh, going in, going into MMA originally, um, you said uh, your stu- the style of karate you uh, st- you study does have uh, some submissions. But uh, what, was there anybody, uh, any wrestlers or anything that you had the opportunity to work with uh, go prior to going into MMA?
9: No, not at all. Um, it was all pretty new to me. The first time I ever trained with a with a wrestler was in two thousand and eight, sorry. Yeah, I went and trained at a camper that did uh, jiu-jitsu, and that was as closest to wrestling as I ever got. Um 2009 when I signed up with the with the UFC, I had to go to Vegas to get the drug testing and all medicals and all that sort of stuff done and I went and trained at Extreme Couture and there I actually sparred with uh, Randy Couture and uh, was absolutely amazed with, with the difference because Jiu-Jitsu is one thing wrestling is another. Uh, although it is ground fighting um, it was the first time I ever you know had to deal with wrestlers, and it, it, it was mind-boggling the amount of control they have over you, and it, and it could be a middleweight, and it, you'd be holding me down, and I'd get frustrated. So what I did this year, and I'm sure your questions coming to that as well, this year was uh, I trained uh, in America for a long time uh, at RAIN Training Center with the likes of Mark Munoz um Krzysztof and uh, Mark Ellenberger and Fabrice Byshevadim trains there as well and and uh, there was a couple of guys I trained with uh, at at who, who have a very good record in, when it comes to wrestling Rafael Davis I can keep naming names but um all, all fantastic wrestlers and it's it's given me uh, more uh, confidence really with my uh, with with the skill I'm really good at which is striking
8: Oh, wow, that's good. That's good. Now you had uh, one fight with the UFC. Uh, that, of course, uh, being in 2009, uh, was one of the events uh, that was in London, and uh, unfortunately, uh, things didn't fall in your favor in that fight. <laughs> got getting caught in a heel hook. Uh, but uh, I do, I do have to ask, how did it come to be that you got that fight in the UFC?
9: Uh, obviously it was by beating um, James McSweeney in 2008, it, uh, that fight was in December and there was a toss-up between him and me, because uh, I, think, I think we might have had the same manager at the time, I've changed managers since. Um, and whoever won that was going to go straight into UFC and I think the loser was going to go into the house, the Ultimate Fighter house, so I think if I know now how things go I would have uh, preferred to be in the Ultimate Fighter house. But, um, yeah, if, you know, with, with that fight against Mike, he was a last minute replacement, uh, a wrestler. If I'd known, you know, how good he was at his wrestling, I would have, you know, changed my game plan slightly. Uh, even, even though, uh, you know, when he came in for the shoot, I sprawled and I don't know what happened, but somehow I broke three ribs, um, during that fight. And, uh, I mean, the fight was a minute and 26 seconds long, I think. And, uh, I couldn't, could not get up and I was uh, on my back in position and I uh, grabbed hold of his ankle and (laughs) pretty new with heel hooks and and, and the kiddies crushes so uh, I tried it and obviously uh, with my inexperience handed him my right ankle and he you know he does best Um, A very nice guy again I'm friends with him on Facebook I'm friends with him on Twitter and uh, Mike he does best Uh, he's a wrestler I think uh, he's a coach at it as well um, but when you've broken ribs, uh, it's, it's very hard to get up. Yeah. Doesn't matter who you are. If your ribs are broken, it's hard to breathe. Never mind, get up. Like, I just couldn't get up.
8: Yeah. Just ask Tito after his fight with Noguera, right? <laughs>
9: yeah. yeah. No, I didn't tap because of my ribs. My ribs were sore and I, but, uh, I still continue trying to fight And but obviously being on the ground, I was fighting the man who's, um uh, whose first plan was, is to take me down. So, um. I was playing in his territory.
8: Now, this brings up one other question. You talked about uh, the possibility of going to the Ultimate Fighter. And when you were fighting for pro, pro Elite at the time, Kimbo Slice's star was on the rise with the Pro Elite or Elite XC. And, uh, of course, he was in that season of the Ultimate Fighter. How would you have felt about uh, possibly stepping in the cage against him?
9: I would have loved it. I think... Uh uh, you know, with, with, with the way he fights and, and the, with the way MMA has progressed. I don't think he had, at the time, spent enough time with his wrestling skills. Um, you know, he's gone into boxing right now because cause he knows what he's good at. He's good at swinging his hands and, and knocking guys out. Um, but Seth Patricelli, uh, you know, proved the and And, uh, you know, anybody and everybody at that sort of weight class, if you get hit on the button, you're going to go down. Yeah. Um, I think there's and I'll be honest with you there's there's only one man I am I think twice about fighting and it's my Sambo coach otherwise you can name them all Brock Lesnar you can you can mention any name you like I'm not scared of anybody and I think if you're scared of anybody in this sport you shouldn't be doing it Um Fighting against Kimbo Slice would have been amazing because of the exposure. Because everybody loves to watch him. He's uh, very popular on, on on YouTube and and even now, even with his boxing, there's still hundreds of thousand of people watching him. You know, interested in seeing what he what he's capable of and seeing what he's doing. But um, my first fight uh, with Bellator was in Miami, and um, I was fighting Eddie Sanchez. And after my fight, I went and sat in the crowd, and he sat three seats away from me. He's small. Yeah, um, he's really small. He's not a big guy at all.
8: Yeah, I mean, uh, I see him. Uh, he he fought at two fifteen, and I, I was, I I knew he could make the cut to two hundred five, maybe even one eighty five, possibly. Yeah,
9: yeah, definitely.
8: Yeah, and that's what I was going to talk to you about
9: next. Was uh, I'm not cutting to two hundred five. Forget it.
8: <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> at uh, six foot six, two seventy five. I'm. Um, I don't, I don't see you even. Wanting to attempt to make that cut <laughs> no. uh, you 'd probably have to chop off one of your legs, and i don 't see yeah. you wanting to do that <laughs> but uh, now going into Bellator now, how did it come to be that you you uh, got into with bellator ch- fighting championships
9: um, i was uh, in in talks with a with a guy called Ken. Pavia of, of agents at the time. He has since then obviously uh, started a new business and he's not in, in the game anymore. Um, uh, I'm with Paradigm Sports Management right now. And uh, Ken uh, contacted me and he said to me, um, Have you got a manager? And I said to him, No. He says, Well,. You want me to look, look for you for fights and then we'll talk about a contract. And I said, man, I'll sign a contract with you now. Just find me, a, find me a fight. He said to me, I won't make you sign anything until I've got something concrete and, you know, something stable or on paper. And this uh, we went back and forth for a couple of weeks. In fact, maybe even a couple of months. And then uh, one day he just said to me, I've got you fighting or It's up, up and coming and rising events. Uh they, they they have a fight they have shows every weekend and uh you know at the time I think Bellator was maybe maybe sort of third, fourth largest in, in the country. I think mean, King of the Cage is slightly bigger than them. But um yeah, uh I, I got signed up and got the short straw and had to fight Eddie Sanchez who was a, a more of a veteran of the UFC than I was. And uh I was just happy to be Fighting in America. It was always a dream of mine to be able to compete overseas and uh, America being, I'd I'd say, the the, the backyard of of MMA. I was very happy to fight for them. I was happy to fight for anybody to be honest with you as long as it was in America.
8: Now that okay, I gotta I gotta ask you this, which I was gonna save for later in the interview, but uh, but but say a contract is offered to you for a fight in uh, South Africa. Say they're gonna hold a Bellator or a UFC in uh, Johannesburg or some or a big city down there. How would you feel about uh, going there to fight in front of old friends?
9: I'd love that. I'd love that. I would sell half the tickets for the event. <laughs> <laughs> Again, not just to friends and the family, but I suppose I've got a lot of people who would love to see me get smacked up, so, um, yeah, no, I'd love to fight there. Uh, I'm actually going to go and meet some of the people of, I think it's EFC, they're called. Yes. Um, I'm, I'm meeting some some of the people now over Christmas New Year's when I go over to South Africa.
8: Okay. and. Uh, one of your most impressive fights, I thought, was, well, before before we get to the one I'm thinking of, uh, 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 I can't pronounce this guy's name, but Alexei...
9: Uh, Alexey, uh, uh
8: t- You destroyed him in 45 seconds. What happened there? <laughs>
9: <laughs> um, the fight went pretty much as planned, like I did against Eli Sanchez, which is, you know, soft them up. I don't know if you know, but I uh, broke... Uh, my fifth meter tassel in my hand, uh, and had a budget, uh, Tendon to rupture or tear, if you want to call that, and I had an operation 12 weeks before my fight against Eddie Sanchez. So I went in there, you know, with an injury, and uh, during my, my my preparations for the first round in Bellator, I literally just worked on my jabs and my uppercuts and my hooks with my left hand. And uh, it, it, it worked for me against Eddie Sanchez, and then by the time I was fighting Alexi, you know, I was, I was starting to get comfortable with both hands, and... um I knew that he was gonna to wanna to take you down and uh, whenever you fight a wrestler, if, if if any of us guys listening right now are strikers, if you wanna fight a wrestler and you wanna win, make sure you soften his legs up. And that was my plan, you know, kick him really hard. And I I did, I went in there and uh, stuck my hands out for, you know, for for, for punches and, and, and kicked him. And he he winced. And I thought to myself, is he faking it or not? So I thought, kick him again. So I kicked him again and he winced a bit more and he stepped back and I just knew that, he wasn't enjoying the thigh kicks. Um, he's had some great wins, that chap, you know. He's fought at a much lighter weight sometimes as well. But uh, I think at the time he had 28 wins. And that's a lot of a lot of wins for, for, for somebody. You don't just win fights for nothing. Um, and uh, he, I think he was gonna try and catch one of my kicks, uh, and I aimed for a body shot, and because he was sort of Gra- grasping or, or grabbing for, for the lower kick um, it was more of a body shot and my knee connected with his head uh, and he went down and you know what happened next
8: <laughs> yeah absolutely <laughs> now um, I was I was about to mention uh, the fight that really impressed me uh was uh, your fight against Zach Jensen because uh, you showed definitely improved ground skills going for, going for the ankle lock, but...
9: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that ankle lock wasn't in, and the first thing that went through my mind was Mike Cezna, you know, uh, I, I've tried that before, and and in training, whenever I go for it, it's, it's in. It just pops right in, and I get people to tap and scream. Um, but he had... Absolutely no pain in that ankle. I think he was just too he was just too hard he was hard busted. He was tough as nails. Um, you know and and I think uh, it, it was my first obviously my first time fighting in Canada as well, and I must be honest with you, it was the best and biggest crowd I've ever fought in. Uh, fought for, in front of and uh, you know, as much as I like saying uh, I, my dream was always fighting in America, I, I can't wait for the next time to fight in Canada. The crowd went berserk. It was it was beautiful. Um, yeah, I got into a, a shitty position with him. Um, I think it was, uh, he, he connected with my neck. It, it sort of made me lose my balance and uh, I had his ankle on to myself, come on, you know what to do now and uh, so I just took him down got into a position where I was on top of him and his guard and uh, he was punching me and, and, and his punches were actually hurting me and I thought to myself shit, I don't, I'm not enjoying this so <laughs> so uh, you know after exchanging a bit uh, I fell back into you know grabbing his ankle and he just didn't want to tap and I know it I was cranking and I was turning sideways uh, to put more of an, uh, to get into a better angle and uh, nothing was happening, so he sort of sat up and hammer first me in the stomach and and I thought to myself, well, that didn't hurt. And as he did it again, I felt myself being pulled forwards because every time he moved, um, it sort of just, it was like a pendulum. I was swinging forward and it just sort of gave me more... Uh, Force behind my punch, and I hit him in the face and I think if you count the punches I threw, I think I threw thirty four punches in his face while sitting on my bum just uh it was pretty exciting and uh because the crowd was carrying on the the way they were it it was it was amazing their drilling was pumping and and uh <laughs> again uh I think it was the only time I ever really I heard, heard my cornerman yell at me, and it was um, my striking coach at the time, Ben Morland from uh, Huntington Beach Ultimate Training Center. He said to me, Neil, get up. <laughs> <laughs> I said to myself, yeah, that's a good idea. So I got up and uh, obviously, uh, you know, sort of hammer-fist my, my way into a win there.
8: Yeah, no. Um when looking at that fight too, you talk about the exchange, and I got to tell you what it reminded me of was uh, the fight in Pride between uh, Don, Don Fry and uh, I think his name was Takayama. They they were both on their feet, but you two,
9: you up Japanese guy, yeah, <laughs>
8: yeah, you two did the exact same thing on the ground while while you uh, were attempting a, a submission hold at the same time, which was amazing. <laughs>
9: Yeah, no, it was a, it was a great moment, uh, I think uh, Bellator enjoyed that, there it was, it was quite a lot of views for that show as well, I think the second highest viewing for Bellator at the time, 269 or 278,000, um, and it was a sellout crowd, there were 6,000 people in the crowd, which is, which is great, and it creates an amazing atmosphere. And you know the way Bellator runs these shows, um, it is exciting anyway. It doesn't matter how many people are there. It, it, it's the, it's the lighting, it's the the, the commentating, it's it's uh, the MC, um, it's the flow of the whole show. It's it's amazing and uh, very professional. Um, but because of the atmosphere in, in, in uh, Toronto, in Canada at the time, uh, because I think the UFC had a show there just a couple of weeks before, everybody was buzzing about MMA and everybody, it was just being uh, legalized and everything. So um, it, it all just sort of amounted into what you saw that evening. It was a it was a great fight. Um, not my, it wasn't a... I can't say it's a great fight. It was it, not very technical, but it, it, it had a lot of spurt and a lot of... Uh, a lot of testosterone in that fight, you know so <laughs> so uh yeah, it was good it's, uh, it uh it'll it' it'll on my memory is one of my favorite fights. Zach and I are very good friends and we and we both just put on a show for the evening and and um I think the next day there was already something like fifty thousand views on on youtube on that on that
10: fight.
8: Now, uh, just a few more questions I have. But when it comes to the countries in Europe, uh, would you agree that uh, England is probably uh, their England's MMA game is probably evolving uh, a lot faster than uh, any other country in Europe?
9: Oh no, for sure. That's that's. I mean, there's a lot of uh, MMA shows now in in sort of. Uh, the eastern Bloc, if you want to call it that um it's evolving in europe but it's definitely uh, much bigger in england than anywhere else you know um dublin has had a couple of shows now ireland's having a couple of shows scotland's having a couple of shows but england is definitely uh the best place to fight in um you know when i when i first started i fought for two, for for small event twice and then uh, i got lucky um Andy Gere, who used to be one of the Cage Rage bosses, saw me training and um, when uh, James Thompson's opponents, he had, he had like two opponents pull out last minute, um, I t- took that fight on two, two days' notice. I, I didn't even have a fight. You know, I had a fight uh, two months later, which would have been my third in the May fight in Cage Cage Rage at the time had a little show called Cage Rage Contenders. You had to fight on there, do well, win one or two fights there before you even got onto Cage Rage. Um, Just like the UFC, they don't don't just sign their debutants anymore. They they wait to see how well you do in the smaller shows. And uh, Cage Rage was the same thing. Because Cage Rage at the time was the best MMA event in the UK, unless the UFC was having a show there. And... um, uh, therefore you're going you to have that, you're going to have a lot of, lo, a lot of very good fighters come in. There's a lot of Frenchmen who come and fight over there. Uh, Anderson Silva fought Cage Rage, uh, Vito Balfour uh, yeah. there's a lot, of, Butterbean. Butterbean, yeah, <laughs> Butterbean, yeah, Butterbean has never fought in the UFC, but yeah, there's a lot of UFC fighters, and if you look at, in the uh, May of today, the best are either in the UFC, strike force or in Bellator. and, um, you know, uh, a lot of the fighters out of the UK, it was their dream, their aim to fight in cage rage. Um, and, and nowadays, it's, you know, it's split up a bit and today it's Bama, Bama UK, that uh, who's the biggest event. Uh, I was there over the weekend um, interviewing some, some post-fight and you know, pre-fight uh, interviews with, with some of the fighters and uh, it, it was a very, very nice show. Very big show again. But, um, yeah, the best will come out of come out of England. But but again, a lot of Europeans they want to come and fight in the UK because the money in the UK I think is better than the money in Europe.
8: Now, um, uh, assuming that uh, Neil Goliath Grove is probably the, uh, the the fighter out of England that impresses you the most, uh, who else impresses you?
9: Out of the UK, yeah, there's a lot of fighters. I mean, uh, just just uh, on, on on last weekend with Bama, um, who you we had Andre Winner. Andre Winner's a UFC fighter. He was on there. He did pretty well. Um, Jack Marshman, um, he's pretty new at the game, but he's a very tough nut, tough nut. He's a very good fighter as well. And and but then uh, the guy who impresses me the most, he's a welterweight, is Jimmy Jimmy Moorhead. Now he fought Bellator uh, twice. One, one lost one, and um, but out of, out of all the guys that, at his weight class, uh, you, you're looking at Dan Hardy, um, Shane Moles now, um, uh, Paul Kelly, um, is a, a lot of most of them. Tom Kong Watson, Tom Watson, he's a middleweight. is um, there? Okay. Uh, can't
8: forget michael bisping
9: <laughs> you know he's a he's he's a he's a very good fighter he's a very good fighter but somebody i just mentioned out of the fest because uh, sometimes i think he says and does things that puts a bad light on mma in the uk um he's not liked by a lot of americans uh, in person he's, a, he's he's a super 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 nice guy but uh, on TV, he says and does things that <laughs> makes makes me frown. Okay, <laughs> so uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, he's he's, he's good. Um, I just think there's there's much better fighters in the UK, and I've mentioned most of their names. And uh, you know, there's there's a lot, there's John Hathaway. There's a lot of fighters uh, out there who are, who are very good, um, and who needs to be looked at. Um, in the light, in the lighter, lighter weight classes as well. So, But there's a lot of good fighters coming out of the UK right now. And you know what? Most of them are staying and living in, in America uh, to better their wrestling skills. And, and I think once the, the British boys catch up on that, um, you look at takedown defenses. Uh, it's it's the in-thing in the UK at the moment because we don't want to fight on the ground. We like to strike.
8: Yes, yes. Now, uh, would you agree or disagree that uh, Ian Freeman was the one who uh, opened the door for uh, MMA in England?
9: Um, I'm a very close friend and good friend with with Ian Freeman. I've trained with him before. Um, You know what? I'll I'll be honest with you, and and this is just me. I I, I didn't even know of him uh, at all, unfortunately. Uh, (laughs) uh, Even when I fought... uh, uh, Cage Rage the first time um, I, I, I didn't know who he was um, so for, for me no he didn't um, I don't know if he's he's done that for many of the other fighters I think guys you really look at now if you think back who's made an impression and who's who's made an impact is definitely Dan Hardy and and uh, the other guy you just mentioned yes <laughs> <laughs>
8: I, I like that. I like Dan Hardy. I actually got the opportunity to meet him in person here at the Fan Expo, and
9: <laughs> he's a personality, you know. And because he does, he has the peacock hair and the you know the red red uh, mohawk or whatever. Um, he, he's somebody who stands out, and there's a lot of guys at his weight class, you know, and there's a lot of people who look up to him to say that you know he, he represents the country in in a pretty good fashion. I know he has a, had a couple of losses, and he's very lucky to still be in the UFC the way they they work the you know the system of of, yes. of cutting cutting guys. Yeah, but because he, because he he brings the crowd, and because people love him, um, he's, defi- he's definitely he's definitely going to be there for a long time.
8: Absolutely. I mean, even if he gets cut, he'll be back, I'm sure,
9: yeah, yes, definitely.
8: well, that's about all the questions I have for you, Neil. Uh, if you'd like, why don't you go ahead and uh, give a shout out to your sponsors and let the
9: listeners know where you can be found on the internet? Um, well, I am on Twitter on Goliath Grove I'm also on uh, sorry my boy just walked in. <laughs> uh, and I'm also on on facebook um, but predominantly on Twitter at the moment, I'm, I'm enjoying <laughs> enjoying that. I'd like to thank Razorware, who's been a great sponsor of mine in the past. Um, I'd like to thank Ligand uh, United, uh, Lixani. Um, there, there's so many, I'm not even going to go into to thanking them. But uh, I'd like to thank uh, Paradigm SM, Ken Pavia. Um, I'd, I'd like to thank Bellator. Um, th- you know, Bama. There's a there's a couple of couple of events that I'm I'm sort of associated with and and, and like to watch and like to see. Um, yeah, and I'd like to thank my coaches, Steve Gladstone. Uh, I'd like to thank the guys at at Rain in America at Huntington Beach, Ben Moreland, and my uh, Samba coach Anton Davidovich, friend of mine Shane Long. Uh, and uh, Stephen Hopwood, there's a there's a whole lot of guys, uh, you know. I have to thank for, to, for where I am today when it comes all with, with, comes to MMA, uh, and especially my wife. You know, my, my wife has had to put up with me because uh, uh, this is this is a hobby of mine that I've I've tried to make a career, um, and uh, it's it's pretty tough going. And she's had to be you know mum and dad to the to the kids while I've been away, and. Um, I had to work double the hours to to make up for the income I'm not making while I'm away in America training and obviously, uh, yeah, we've we've she was pregnant this whole year without me and we've had a little baby girl eleven weeks ago Khaleesi. and uh, congratulations thank you thank you very much yeah no thanks uh, yeah so she, she's been she's been my rock and uh, I'd like to thank my my mother and father in law obviously for looking after my wife and kids as well while I'm away um, yeah I just I have a lot of people to thank for for the position I am in, and uh, you know it's all hard work, but it's it, it's good fun. And uh, there's still a few years left to me, so I just want to thank all my fans, supporters, and and uh, and my future sponsors who uh, would be interested in sponsoring me. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and thanks to you, Billy Billy Painter. It's uh, it's really nice for somebody like you to to contact me and you know, want to put me on your show. It's uh, it's always a pleasure.
8: Absolutely, and uh, one more question. How does it feel to be the first guy from
9: England on my show? (laughs) I am very honored now. Thank you very much. Yeah, you just tell me uh, where to to, uh, listen to the show, when to listen to the show, and uh, and I'll uh, post it on my Facebook and my Twitter and make sure all the Brits uh, are listening and uh, make sure that some of the the other British fighters that you're going to have on your show soon uh, would like to get on there too
8: absolutely absolutely i'd love to have them here goliath it has been a real pleasure having you here on the show you're a class act i wish you the best of luck in the future and uh, definitely look forward to seeing you compete again sometime very soon
9: thank you very much mate thank you very much for your time
4: and ladies and gentlemen there you have it the interview that was conducted with neil goliath grove back in january of 2012 it's time to hit our first music set. Coming up, we have Christina Taylor, going to be followed by The Fallen Sun. Then we have Josh Bricker. And then, of course, uh, a rare twin spin. We have Boba Flex, going to be followed by a Touch of Class out of South Africa with a great classic song. Uh, you'll hear what it is in just a moment. Be right back after all this.
5: This is
11: the kind of thing that just
5: tickles my balls. You're listening to Outlaw Radio, and if you don't agree with our opinions, then... Fuck your mother. Hey, do you kiss your girlfriend with that (laughs) mouth?
12: I didn't even want to drink Party full of people there that didn't even know my name Didn't like what I was wearing Dressing like a wannabe Didn't like the crowd I came with No, I didn't even like me Until I lost that guy Thank God
13: Hello, this is Special Agent Webster with the Federal Security Agency in Washington, D.C. I'm uh, going to need a few moments of your time. It's, uh, uh, since the passage of the Patriot Act, our agency has been granted uh, extraordinary powers in the pursuit of terrorists and other uh, threats to national security. I'm sure you're aware of this. Uh, that includes the ability to monitor electronic and digital information exchanges. Uh, such as email and internet use. You following me? Uh Uh-huh. Now, the reason for my call is that in the course of one of our investigations, and I cannot obviously reveal any details of that investigation, but in that course, we had reason to monitor the internet usage at your address. You understand? Okay. Uh Uh-huh. Now, the results show that someone at your address is using the Internet to view quite um, graphic images of a uh, sexual uh, nature, uh, images that are not legal under American law. Now, are you aware of this? No. Well, you'll get a chance to make a full statement later. Our agents will be uh, entering your home shortly. They will be seizing your computer, any related media, and uh, conducting a thorough search. Who is Uh, this? Strongly, go ahead cooperate with them. I'm not gonna kill you. I'm just gonna hurt you. I'm,
14: I'm, I'm, really? Yeah. Really? Let's go. I shake my head at all you silly damn clones drones, turn off their microphones, yo, follow the leader type, generic when you're right, yeah, garbage, heartless, hip-hop parasites, yo, brag that your swag is so damn sick, and every girl in the world wants to suck your dick, and you the man's selling shit, especially drugs, cause you run shit, right, yeah, life of a thug, nah, I'm embarrassed, invade my trade, and I grab the reins, send these little roaches right to the grave, and I behave while they parade, the death of the game, radio lames pain. shit to better than names, no, I can't refrain, be a muzzled chain to go along with these claims man it puzzles my brain they call me strange what a shame cause i don't see fame i'm untamed bringing pain crush them all like pain this is where i'm at now i'm taking shit back now this is where i'm at now i'm taking shit back Yo, fuck your attire, about to buy up gasoline, set the world on fire No desire for that bullshit, that radio, that rap swag Hell, Hashtag, you be leaving in a trash bag you such a fast fag, got me past mad. Smoke my last blunt and steal the last drag Yo, these rappers can't scam me much They ban my stuff, but suck to my style like it's Candy Crush Yo, you got no integrity, you Philly fans Me today and going tomorrow, silly bands Fuck a milli man, I march for the masses The underclasses, why you sitting on your Asses. There's a storm coming, batting down the hatchets Cause I psychopathics attacking mad ratchet You had a chance, but you told couldn't catch it My flow's a lighter, homie, you couldn't match it Cause this is where I'm at now I'm taking shit back now
6: A cold beer, red lips, pop the top off and make it twist. I'm so right, shaking that money maker all night. Cause this girl right here, it's my favorite kind of beer. It's got to go down smooth, it'll light me up just right. But the way she's moving them hips, man, has got me feeling all right. It's my favorite kind of beer It's my favorite kind of beer She might be a yingling, a spring flame When she goes out, she's wearing that bling A shock top, Yeah, don't stop Keep pouring that beer, yeah, feel it to the top Corona, you made me wanna Take you down an old back road Cause this girl right here is my favorite kind of beer. It's gotta go down smooth and it'll light me up just right. But the way she's moving them hips, man, it's got me feeling alright. I don't need no alcohol. She's got me buzzing all night. Cause this girl right here is my favorite kind of beer. favorite
2: kind
6: of but like So right Corona Made me want a shot dry. Yeah don't stop Gonna feel it to the top It's gotta go down smooth And light me up just right But the way she's moving them hips Man's got me feeling alright Don't need no help. She's got me buzzing all night Cause this girl right here It's my favorite kind of beer It's my favorite kind of beer
2: softly creeping left it seeds while I was sleeping and the vision that was planted in my brain still remains within sound of silence in restless dreams I walk alone Halo and rain stream now. I turn my gun to cool me down. When my eyes were stunned by the flash of the neon light, the split of night, and touch the sound of silence. And in the naked light I saw. To Sounds like a cancer glow Yeah my words out
1: Was a vision softly creeping lifted seats while I was sleeping, and the vision that was planted in my brain still remains within the sound of silence In restless dreams I walk along Narrow streets of cobbled stone Need the halo of a street lamp I turn my color to the cold and damp When my eyes were set by the flesh of a neon light That split the night And touched the sound Of silence sending the naked light I Ten thousand people Maybe more People talking
2: i
3: no other feeling than strapping up or grabbing those kettlebells, grappling on the mat or doing some shadow boxing, getting knocked down, getting back up, throwing strikes and then doing it all over again. So when you hear someone scream, gear up, you better get ready because it's just you, your Hunter Athletic Gear and the voice telling you to train harder. No matter how much experience you have, Hunter Athletic Gear stands with you all the way. Their products are engineered for utmost comfort, protection, and speed, battle after battle. Hunter Athletic Gear is the brand celebrating your victory. Hunter Athletic Gear has a range of great training and fight gear for men and ladies, including compression pants, fight shorts, hoodies, vests, caps, and bikinis. They can create custom branded ranges for your gym or business. Visit their website at huntermma.co.za. Gear
15: up and let's train. What news and information are your media dollars buying when the narrative is prescribed by the advertisers? Scripted lies, media brainwashing, and thought control. Take back your voice. Take back our media. But most of all, take back our First Amendment. Subscribe to Caravan to Midnight today for hard-hitting commentary free from political correctness and media bias as I and some of the most intelligent and interesting people on Earth delve deep into what really lies beyond the headlines. Three to four hour uneducated uninterrupted and uncensored information join our ctm family today join the movement join the fight for freedom and independence caravan to midnight is media for the people by the people independent of commercial obligations or influence for less than a cup of coffee per month you can make a difference let the people fund the next news network help us grow help us create a platform where we place freedom of speech and thought first join the family at caravan midnight.com Rapid City,
3: South Dakota gateway to the historic monument at Mount Rushmore. Blue skies, open country, a friendly and healthy population, and Red Pill Expo 2021, June 5th and 6th at the Monument Convention Center in Rapid City, South Dakota. Can't make it to Rapid City? Not a problem. The Expo will be live streamed and archived should you miss any of it. Red Pill Expo is the major public event of Red Pill University. The mission of the Expo and the University is to bring together world-class experts to set the record straight on fake narratives, fake history, and fake news at each and every Red Pill Expo. Truth seekers unite to get a better understanding of how the world really works, a world where collectivism reigns. It's time for individualism and an open mind. Mark your calendars and make your plans now to attend Red Pill Expo 2021. Get more details and register today at redpillexpo.org. Save the dates. Highway 30 Music Fest 2021 will rock the Twin Falls Fairgrounds in Filer, Idaho. June 23rd, 24th, 25th, and 26th. Enjoy good food and drink, country music, Americana music, rock, and red dirt. Performing on Friday, June 25th, the Lowdown Drifters.
16: 50 miles from town and
3: the
5: needles on empty. Ellie Mae Millenkamp.
3: You said you
16: love me, yeah.
3: Don't you fly for me. The Reed Southall Band And more. Sponsors of Highway 30 Music Fest 2021 include Bud Light, Falls Brand Independent Meat Company, and the Rob Green Auto Group. Have a blast while helping organizations and families in need. Highway 30 Music Fest will take place rain or shine. To order tickets and for more information, visit hwy30musicfest.com
2: you've your ass licked by a fat man in an
5: overcoat? Fuck shit, fuck the shit, fuck shit. You're listening to Outlaw Radio. Now buy a sewing machine, take it home, and cram it up your ass.
2: Fuck shit, fuck shit. Shit fuck.
4: All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Outlaw Radio, brought to you by Coldcock Whiskey. Raise Your Glass, Take Your Shot, You Must Be 21 Years of Age or Older to Drink, Hunter Athletic, Gear Up, Let's Train, and USAC, the United South Africa Coalition, go to usac.center for more information. The songs you just heard, you just heard a rare twin spin, yes, the classic from, originally from Simon and Garfunkel, The Sound of Silence, of course. You heard Touch A Class out of South Africa covering more of Disturbed's version of that song, and I still think they did a great job. And before that, uh, you heard Bobaflex's version of the, of the song that was uh, covered, modeled more after uh, Simon and Garfunkel than the way they did it. Uh, before that, you heard Josh Bricker with My F- Favorite Kind of Beer. Before that, The Fallen Sun with Taking Shit Back. And starting off the whole set, Christina Taylor with Loser. All right, we're going to get to uh, the second part of the show. Like I said, the uh, classic interview uh, from 2010 with Jake the Snake Roberts on Stunner Wrestling, Inc. But before I get to that, it is time to reveal...
2: The Outlaw Radio, Idiot of
4: the Week! And ladies and gentlemen, the idiot of the week this week. <laughs> yes, I was trying to do my best to help expose this total piece of shit. Yes, uh, Doctor TJ cannot pronounce uh, cannot pronounce the name exactly. A person out of South Africa with Twitter handle Jeffrey one seven three nine seven five nine two. Yes, that's at Jeffrey17397592. Put something very vile and disgusting on Twitter. And, uh, well, I just uh, tried to help to make sure it goes viral. Of course, Jack Dorsey, the hypocrite, has no problem with the Twitter purge and deleting accounts as quickly as he can. For those that support Trump and those who... uh, you know, basically want to put the truth out there. But when it came to this, it took him days to take this tweet down. The tweet states, To all doctors, I say let's stand together and take over by injecting every white person with the wrong injection in hospital to pay back revenge. Even if I get fired, I'm loaded with money already. Well, so basically a direct threat of mass murder, and it it hit the the news uh, websites in South Africa, which you can uh, find all this on our Twitter at Outlaw Radio ABS. All right, so like I said, we have the interview with Jake the Snake Roberts on Stunner Wrestling Inc. with Tommy Coolwater and Stephen James back from the summer of 2010 so let's get to that shall we
3: digging deep into the history of aow productions this is an outlaw radio aow classic
16: Also, The Undertaker collides with Jake the Snake Roberts.
7: Well, in one sense, you're a lot like me, Undertaker. You see, you're not a follower either. You're a leader. That's why I almost respected you. And that's as high as I hold any man, just a little respect. Well, that's gone. You know why? Because you made the wrong decision. At least you had the guts to make a decision. Most people don't. They'll let somebody else do it for them. That's why we have politicians. Politicians are fools. Some people will stand in front of any flag and worship. I'm not worshiping any flag. I'm not asking for a vote, because I have the only one that counts, and I cast it. And when I cast a vote, brother, I'm pulling a switch. I'm pulling a switch on the DDT, a ride you cannot handle. Trust me, Black Sunday. Welcome to Stunner
17: Wrestling. we need. No problem, man. All right. All right, well, I guess uh, what everybody wants to know is, uh, what's the man Jake Roberts been up to these days? whatever I want
18: uh, basically just trying to make somebody else miserable besides myself uh, I like that answer just, uh, trying to raise some grandkids and uh, had to take care of my you know with what went my father he's gone now and I'm thankful for that he's quite ill and uh, really tough um, getting older you uh, start to realize that you're not uh you're not unbreakable we do get broke up we do get busted up we do grow older we do die and, uh, unfortunately it's hard to let go sometimes but, uh, a little
19: faith and uh, time maybe it leads up now having mentioned that uh, you know any major plans for the future do you see retirement coming up anytime soon for you yep yep I'm retiring at the end of the year
18: Are you? Yeah, I noticed that last year. Awesome. Last year, and, uh, you know, just uh, see what else is out there to do, you know. Uh, I'll always be a part of wrestling. I don't think there's any way around to that. Um, I'm going to do some more writing, uh, a book. Well, maybe maybe several volumes. I don't know. It's going to be a wait-to-see thing. And other than that, man, I'm just uh, trying to enjoy life a little bit more, you know? I'd say you've earned it. I think we all have, man. You live on this planet very long at all. You start to get a, little, a few nicks and knocks on you. And, uh, you know, it's good to kick back sometimes, man, and just uh, let the world go around you instead of trying to keep up with it.
17: Yep, awesome. Um, and Jake, just to let you know before, um, all the questions that you're being asked today have been asked by our callers. So for all you listeners out there, um, these questions are for you, and Jake is here for you. Um, and Jake, the next question from our callers is, uh, they would like to know how you came up with the name DDT and what exactly does it stand for?
18: Well, DDT was a poison the U.S. government outlawed because we uh, were spraying it on uh, plants and uh, grain and uh, stuff in the fields and um, it was getting into um, our systems bio because we'd breed it and the cattle would eat and stuff and then, and then we'd go through there the food chain was coming right back to us uh, it's actually a word, it's about 30 letters is some ridiculously stupid word uh, they called it DET, and it was um, outlawed by the government because they said that it was um, it was basically poisoning our brains. And uh, I don't know, I just uh, reading the paper one day, I thought, hey, damn, DET, that works for me. And uh, I guess because uh, I just wanted to, I thought, well, you know, poison the brain, that
19: works for me, so let's do it. And I did it. Now, that being one of the best moves, at least in my opinion, in wrestling history, how do you feel about the way some of the other guys are utilizing it?
18: Well, I think it's a complete hoot, man, because um, they're really screwing up, because it is probably the best move in the business, I think. Um, I agree. You know, the way that you can apply it uh, out of nowhere or deliberately or whatever, it gives you so many things to work with, and there are ways out of it. Um, By setting it up with a short-arm clothesline, the thought was to to set that anticipation up. I mean, once you shoot somebody, they're dead, okay? But if you could uh, shoot a bullet around them or miss, then it causes a lot of excitement without them dying. And basically that's what the short-arm clothesline was for, was to set it up. As far as these guys that do it today, I think it's just just a real hoot because uh, people at home, they'll see it and they'll say, Damn, Jake Roberts did that. She did not get up. So, in fact, what they're doing, telling the fans out there, is
17: just I'm a little bit better than they are. And they're right. (laughs) Awesome. And um, we've seen uh, over the years... um, Unfortunately, a lot of wrestlers get injured quite frequently. Um, some of our fans wanted to know, um, do wrestling promoters ever help with those medical bills?
18: Are you kidding me? This is not Alice in Wonderland,
17: bro. Right? Absolutely not. Simple enough. You know, straight to the point. Yeah, yeah. I've had the receipts to prove it. All right, um... Um, you've also, you've wrestled on every corner of the globe, you know, pretty much every continent. Um, what's your favorite story from the road to tell?
18: Oh, God, there's too many men. I mean, uh, whether it's getting uh, dysentery in the Philippines or... Uh, having the Mexicans riot in Mexico City, uh, 50,000 people going to kill somebody named Jake. And that was the only one there named Jake, so that kind of sucked, but uh, it was a lot of fun. You know, I mean, uh, uh, from that to being in Dallas, Texas, in a ring wrestling Sting, and some fans stood up about nine rows back and took a pot shot at me with a gun. Uh, that was pretty exciting. You know, and uh, I was even more excited when the police asked me if I wanted to press charges. I'm like, well, God, no. Let's just reload this son of a bitch and put him back out there. The fuck do you think you're talking about? (laughs) I want to press charges. Of
19: course, we want to press charges. Those are fun. I don't know. it could have been a good one to uh, do a retake and get it on camera. Yeah, right, not for me, let Vince do that one. <laughs> yeah, there's an idea. I right. so want to hey, kill the business, just a horse.
17: There you go. Uh, do you have any advice for uh, someone straight out of high school who's looking to get into the wrestling business? absolutely
18: don't do it (laughs) you'll get killed (laughs) no the advice would be if you're going to do anything be sure that you're sure that you went to the right well to get some water from, okay? In other words, don't go to a wrestling school just because it has a wrestling school name on it. Uh, Try to get somebody that's qualified to train you, you know? I'm not talking about Joe Baloney, I'm talking about somebody that's been out there and been to the top and uh, experienced that wave and that run because there's a lot more to it uh, especially these days uh, than just uh, dotting, uh, dotting the I's and crossing the T's you know, there's, there's a lot to it man and, uh, uh, mentally physically uh, emotionally uh, it's all part of the game so definitely go to some place that uh, is a bona fide proven side uh, in the world wrestling school or Find me, and I'll make you so damn miserable. You'll quit, or you'll learn something a lot.
19: Now, speaking of that, uh, you have said in the past that you'd like to open up a school. Any chance that that's going to be happening soon? Uh, it's, it's happening right now, man. We're taking
18: applications.
19: Awesome. Where would uh, one go to find
18: out more about that? Well, you had to go on the Internet to uh, our site and um, Shannon has all that stuff all that information I
17: don't go on the internet because that's just one less addiction
18: I have to deal with uh,
17: for those of you out there who don't know this site it is myspace.com backslash the official Jake Roberts there you go
18: I uh, appreciate it I'm trying to remember that too I
19: got it. <laughs> uh, we'll do our best to remind everybody as often as we can. I appreciate
18: that.
17: Uh, what do you think of uh, today's wrestlers compared to you know wrestlers from your prime? I don't think that uh, there's no comparison at all. Really, I mean, it's a
18: different animal now. Um, the things they're asked to do today. You never got some of us to do that, that stupid shit. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't take a great wrestler to jump off the top of ten foot cage. It takes an idiot, okay? Uh, baseball bats, no. Uh sledgehammers, no. Uh, I think the wrestlers of yesteryear were much more much more talented with learning how to get a storyline over to um, to weave that, that magic out there in the ring you know because when you were wrestling in the same, at the same venue uh, once a week or once every two weeks uh, you couldn't go out there and serve the same pancakes man you had to come with some different stuff out there you had to have the full menu out there and uh, the guys today just don't seem to have the full menu I don't think and I, I don't think they deliver it there's a couple, but very few. And that's where part of the magic is gone, man. I mean, it's like watching a movie. Yeah, you can watch something with all the pyrotechnics and stuff. Kind of, you know, bombs exploding, and buildings burning, and dogs are taking over the world. Or you can turn it over to an old John Wayne movie, and John Wayne, threatens Richard Richard Whitmark. Don't pick up that gun, and my God, you're, you're all into it. Well, difference being emotionally connected is a lot different than being visually connected. Today is all visual. That's one of to get all the eye candy out there. It's where everybody's oiled up. All the fancy outfits, the pyrotechnics again. Limousines. I don't know what a damn limousine is. I would love to see a 57 Chevy drive up in the back, or maybe a 69 VW bus pull up in the back of the uh, building and say, oh, my God, we got somebody coming in here in a VW bus. I'm tired of seeing the limos. I'm like, it really means something. Just a waste of TV time. So today, it's all visual, and in yesteryear, it was all emotional. You got cooked up emotionally, and you believed in that character, and you wanted to believe in that character, and you were excited about the whole situation. Today, being visually connected means your brain wants something fresh every split second.
19: Uh, having said that now, is there anybody out there that is in the business today that is coming close to that? I think there's several guys out
18: there that are close to it. There several guys that are out there doing it. But, uh, again, it's just an opinion of mine. I think Kurt Angle is great. I think that uh, Randy Orton could be one of the
19: best, but not yet. All right. Well, he has found an inventive use for your DDT. Excuse me? I said he has found an inventive use for the DDT. What is that? Yes, he has. Hi. He gets them off the second rope and doesn't... Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
18: again, you know I didn't sir. ever get them off the second rope. I just did it straight out, and, I, and they didn't get back up. And the hell,
17: these guys, he's doing so to keep getting back up. Sometimes when you did it, Jake, sometimes you never seen that guy again. That's true. It's true, unfortunately. At oh, one uh, point, we
19: didn't see Ricky Steamboat for about six months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's something about
18: the brain swelling that's not good for you, and uh, I wish Ricky the best. He's a phenomenal man, and uh, unfortunately, he's been dangerously ill here lately, and uh, it's pretty scary. But, uh, he's a fine man. Someday I hope he'll grow up and be just like him, I doubt if I ever will. Just like him, or grow up? Either one. <laughs> I don't want to
17: grow up, man. Are you good? Uh, kind of touching on uh, what you had just said about telling the story in the ring. Seems like uh, every time you hear the name Jake the Snake Roberts, you hear the term ring psychology or ring right. psychologist. Um, what went through your head from the time the match was booked until the time you know you hit the curtains or straight into the showers? Absolutely.
18: Absolutely nothing. That's what is so amazing to me is uh, I didn't have to think about anything. Okay? To me, it was just common sense. Uh, It was a gift. I wish to hell I could package it. I wish I could uh, wrap it up and send it to you. I wish I could get it to you by FedEx or email or anything and sell it to you. The gift that I've been given but I don't know where it come from. I don't know how to wrap it up. I don't know how to to put it in words other than some of the things I say and just being around me. I think, you know, if you're going to learn from somebody, you got to be around them and, uh, you know, smell the roses with them, I guess. I don't know. Let them walk you down that street. and um, uh, I'm just thankful that I had it and uh, for some reason um, I still got it. That's just the way my
19: mind works. I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. Sometimes I use a little bit of both. So essentially it's not something that can necessarily be taught, but hopefully it's something that your future students will be able to learn. Instilled. You get to
18: instill it into them, and it's something they grasp themselves. Um, I think teaching is a queer animal, man, because uh, some people have to be dealt with one way, some people have to be dealt with another way, you know, and uh, some people you can hit with a baseball bat on top of the head to get through your thick skulls, and some people you have to use kid gloves on. So, again, that's uh, that's a special area, man.
17: That's awesome. Um, One of our callers that. um, wanted to know and here's a question Or I've heard you talk about this before but he wanted to know exactly what was in the bag when a uh, earthquake uh, supposedly smashed Damien uh, back on Superstars back in the day about 25 pounds of hamburger meat and pantyhose
18: alright <laughs> ah, that's really gross thank you
17: how well, I like I was, it I, the pantyhose didn't fit me for a month <laughs> to hell <laughs> Any chance you uh, still have any snakes sitting in the old house? No, I don't keep them around, man. It's uh, too much work, too much
18: smell, and too much bullshit. Um,
17: Again, I'm trying to raise grandkids, not snakes now. Right. I can imagine for you were on the road for you know many many years, probably longer than a lot of our listeners have even been alive. Uh, yeah. it had to have been just a challenge lugging the snake from town to town and oh, state, it's it's state it's it's to state, right. country to country pain in the ass, and uh, they're not, you know,
18: uh, what the hell, you put them in a bag and inside of a crate, what do you expect them to take a dump, you know, that's inside, okay, and that's just a great thing to wake up to in the morning, you know, it's bad enough having to shower and brush your teeth and shave, now you gotta wake a snake's ass, what the hell, you know, it's tough to do that without coffee.
19: (laughs) Now, I've heard that growing up you were actually afraid of snakes, I was terrified of the bastards. Still don't like them. That's got to make it fun having to deal
18: with them day in and day out for the better part of yeah. It was great, man. See, there was a reason for the alcohol and drugs. Here we go. Where's my excuse. <laughs> well, at least you had an excuse, I do know. Well, I didn't need man. There is no excuse, man. We lost the next
17: shit. Very right. painful process, man. Um, see. The- you read a lot anymore about uh, you know backstage politics, you know, and who knows who and who's in what group and all that. Uh, yeah. Um, in your day, did you uh, ever refuse to do a storyline or lose a match when a, you know a promoter told you to?
18: I don't believe so.
17: Uh, I may have had some ideas about how to make it better.
18: But uh, to out and out say you're going to do something, I think it's pretty foolish. You should get your ass fired, and that's the problem today. You got the inmates running the asylum and not not the boss.
19: Fair enough. All right, I think that is pretty much it for the questions. The last part we have is the uh, 10 names. Basically, what we do is we just uh, throw out a name. Yep. And in a couple of lines, just give us your opinion on what you think of the person. All right, I'll try. All right. Uh, first one, the Honky Tonk Man.
18: He's, he's fun to be in there with and a uh, great character out there. And, uh, you know, we all be a little crazy. He's not short of that.
19: All right. The Ultimate Warrior. Next. <laughs> Right. Fair enough Ronnie Garvin
18: Hands of stone And um, still A phrase that he said About me It's like driving A damn Mercedes man What a ride
19: Awesome Jerry the King Lawler Next <laughs> Ravishing
18: Rick Root Love the man um, Sad that he's gone Terribly strong Young man and, um, well, just missing The Undertaker. Good man, great talent. Probably, you as one of the best ever.
19: Andre the Giant.
18: Did what he wanted, loved him, and he could damn sure make your ass miserable in the ring. We we should all be like him. Vincent Kennedy
19: McMahon.
18: One of the greatest minds ever. Um, Phenomenal businessman. Um, I can't imagine him to deal with all he's dealt with. I'm not talking about just doing business, but... Dealing with talent and uh, trying to shuffle those cards is not easy. All right, and the last name Jake the Snake Roberts. I don't know him. Kind of scary. I've heard that about him. Yeah, me too.
17: Daily or the Mirror. Who the fuck is that? All right, well, that's all the questions we had from our listeners, Jake. We'd like to thank you for answering them. Um, real quick, we just wanted to spend the last couple of minutes um, talking about the the. Um, the auction for the signed heavyweight championship belt from you, um, yeah. and then to help pay off your granddaughter London some of her medical expenses. Um, yeah, fortunately, we've read that she's doing a lot, hard 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 doing hard a lot better. Can you can you let them know where they could uh, also help? Maybe about the PayPal and maybe a little bit about the situation. Well, I'll let you explain all that stuff that goes on the computer. All I can say
18: is that London's a beautiful little girl, man, and. Uh, got two beautiful people taking care of her. One being one of my twins and uh, his wife. And um, you know, she's in the hospital, man. It was day two. She came home for one day and then bled out. She was adopted. Beautiful little American Indian child. It's just, I mean, she lights my butt up, man. I can't, I'm just butter. He got me by, by the short hairs already. And uh, but she was in the hospital, had uh, five, six major surgeries uh, for well, maybe six months. And uh, unfortunately, when you uh, go through this adoption process, there's no insurance and stuff, folks. Good. But uh, I just so proud of my. Uh, my daughter-in-law and my son for not giving up because they certainly could have given up. You know, they could have said, hey, this is too much. I'll take this back. We got some damaged goods, whatever. And that child would have been allowed to uh, pass on because um, by them sticking with it, the uh, hospitals did a tremendous job. The doctors did a phenomenal job. They all worked together and they saved this little girl's life. Man, it wasn't easy, you know, because her insides burst basically, their intestines, all that. And uh, these days, uh, on a much higher note, she's been home now for about three weeks. And. Uh, She's now gotten rid of the col- colostomy bag, you know, when the poop goes in, so now it comes up the normal place, which now she's finding that to be a fun thing. And I think she's either going to be a painter or a sanitary engineer because she's spreading shit everywhere, man. She's just trying to get out of her pants. <laughs> but she's over 13 pounds now, man, but she's again, sees with those eyes. Brother, you think I had a look? This girl's got the look and and help out if you can, man, because uh, it's still a long way
19: to get this thing taken care of. Absolutely. In just a minute here, we're going to give you guys all the details on the PayPal account and the eBay auction for that signed WWE winged eagle belt signed by Jake himself. I do want to take this opportunity, Jake, to thank you for doing the show and, and for everything you've done for the business over the years. Well, I appreciate that, man.
18: And, uh, when somebody tells me that and I actually believe it, which is easier these days because I'm starting to believe things, it makes me realize that maybe all those years out there on that road doing what I did wasn't wasted. And, uh, I don't Remar-ized know more I that man, it wasn't. I don't think so either and uh, it was such a, such a joy and uh, these last few months that I'm doing this I hope to see a lot of the fans and wave goodbye and shake some hands and sign some photos and aggravate
17: somebody else for a little while. Yo, well, um you know, we hope you make it out here to the West Coast on your final tour. If you not, if you don't, you know, good luck with all your future uh, endeavors. And, uh, again, just like Steven said, I'd like to thank you. Um, I'd also like to thank you. You've got a good friend over there, Shannon, for helping yeah. set all this up. Thank you, Shannon. I know you're listening in the background. And, uh, yeah, that's all we have. If you don't have anything else, uh, we'll let you, you get look. back to your real life, Jake. All right. Love you, dudes. All right. Love Take you, too, care. Jake. Take care, brother.
4: And ladies and gentlemen, there you have the AOW Classic interview with WWE legend Jake the Snake Roberts that was on Stunner Wrestling Inc. back from the summer of 2010. Of course, conducting the interview was Stephen James and Tommy Coolwater. It's time to hit our next music set. Coming up, we have American Grimm, going to be followed by Bryson Gray, Buck Van Blurk out of South Africa, bullet to the heart, and Chris Angeles. Be right back after this. How dare you? And who in the hell fuck do
5: you think you are? You're listening to Outlaw Radio, where we're proper gentlemen because we always ask do you mind if I fart.
2: You
16: really know how to waste a Cialis, don't you? You're abusing my fan.
11: riding Learjet, blind son of a gun himself. That's right, that C to the H to the I to the P, also known as your local hero. Also known as the world's champion, also known as a kiss-stealing, wheeling-dealing limousine, riding Learjet, blind son of a gun. That's right, I am your world's champion. I am the diamond standard. I am the equivalent, if you will. I just uh, wanted to get on here today and talk about my uh, new TV commercial <laughs> that I'm uh, getting ready to go out to Los Angeles and work on. I am actually going to be in a, TV, a couple of TV commercials. I've actually also been invited well, to uh, participate on a couple of talk shows. <laughs> and you know, true. see, well, you're the world's champion, you're very, very busy people. You know, uh, you're, uh, you're an icon wait, wait, and that's wait, wait. what I am. I'm a true icon. In this business, item. I'm a true icon in this sport. Uh, of course, I have to go to Japan and defend this big world title belt. I have to go he to uh, different Japan, places like that. That. like that, Japan, Mexico, so on and so forth. So, you know, I am an icon. I am a legend. I am the world champion. Now, I want to get on there today and talk about, you know, this weekend, uh, some people ask, uh, they say, Nate. They say, you know, Chip, (laughs) uh, nature boy, Chip, they say, uh, you know, uh, what are you going to do this weekend, Chip? Are you going to be styling and profiling with your entourage of ladies? Yes, I am. I'm going to be styling and profiling with my entourage of ladies. Matter of fact, uh, me and the crew, me and the ladies are going to get on the Learjet tonight, and uh, we're going to party in Las Vegas. It's the weekend. We're going to party in Las Vegas and we may actually uh, bounce up to Reno and party up there or Laughlin, Nevada and party up there. And then uh, we're going to hop on that Learjet and we're going to go to Los Angeles and we're going to style and profile as usual, getting that big long limo, my new uh, 2012 Cadillac Eldorado and we're going to style and profile and we're going to say, Woo! And I'm going to be a kiss stealing, wheeling, dealing, limousine, riding, jet blind son of a gun. That's right. So, this is your world's champion saying so long for now. Talk to y'all later. Bye.
19: American, <clears throat> my name is Chip. That low life cheese stealing, tire sniffing, paste eating, bust. Riding thrift store shopping tranny whore patronizing bareback anal sex having Twinkie snorting sex offended son of a two dollar whore that's right your aluminum standard the Walmart kit, the world's tampon chip. Mm. <laughs>
20: We get judged by the color of our skin Black, white, and brown, but we all American They want us divided, that's the only way they win I just speak the truth and I don't care who I offend 1A, I can say whatever the hell I want 2A, I can buy whatever guns I want They say Brunton's not making songs about Donald Trump What? You know I don't give a way They want me to raise They want me to say what they tell me to say They want me to rap how they want me to rap They want me to just be the power of my raise. Take me to trial, but that's not the case. Take a repeal to me how I taste do You only see black when you look at my face. Do you think jelly? that's my only fate? I'm going for Trump if I say that I meant it and I'm exposing all the fence while well, I'm in it. There's only two genders. I know that's offensive. Abortion is murder. I thought I should mention hate speech that doesn't exist. So many haters that I need to list. And we all know that ignorance is bliss. Who would have thought it would end up like this? Wait, why do we get judged by the color of our skin? Black, white, and brown, but we all Americans. They want us divided, that's the only way they win I just speak the truth and don't care who I offend 1A, I can say whatever the hell I want 2A, I can buy whatever guns I want They say brains not making songs about Donald Trump What? Pero
14: venga acá, ¿qué será que no te deja pensar? ¿Comida? ¿Que te compras con los cupones que te dan solo para mantenerte en la medida? Viviendo en los proyectos sin vida por toda tu vida. Y si sales de la línea, te pegan la mira. Levanta, te saca la guida. Un merenguito, unos pastelitos. Ahora ponte listo, conozca a Cristo y proteja su cútero.
0: Sea fructífero. Esta gente son luciferinos, provocan caos para salir los héroes. Arman y estafaga la caravana y en
14: ese viaje la niña la violan. Gente mueren y si no la matan, entonces gritan. Sana, sana, colita de rana. Sabiendo todo el tiempo que son las causas. Por este presidente le dio la pausa. Así que libra tu mente. Ponte a frente y grita maga hasta 20, 20 Grita maga hasta 20, 20 Grita maga hasta 20, 20
20: 20, 20 why do we get judged by the color of our skin? Black, white, and brown, but we all American. They want us divided, that's the only way they win. I just speak the truth and I don't care who I fend. 1A, I can say whatever the hell I want. 2A, I can buy whatever guns I want. Hey, they say brain stop making songs about Donald Trump. <laughs> what? I can I say whatever I want. White skin, red hat, black strap, America. But- My but- name's DC Capital. Liberals all <laughs> unfair. My name's Dagan Carey. Liberal rappers I will carry up. Dagan, just like Reagan with the D. But I'm not Democrat. Used to flip some packs like Derek Squat. Well, bet I have the gas. MSNBC is faker than Michelle Obama's rap. Manly face, manly shoulders, bigger hands than Trump. In fact, Don't you question gender? Gender's infinite, they'll tell you that. And Alex Jones, I trust. It's Donald Trump the bust. They bust illegal voters, but don't need a bigger bus. It's 2020, baby. Boris out in London, baby. This so well, I move. Every nation, every color, baby Now ain't got no color Finna tell them I'm weak Finna tell them I'm to Finna tell them I'm falsely Vote in abundance we'll Be chillin' like king face Two tall, it Three more terms take news, gonna love it Three whole terms So flakes can't stomach You again i to gonna put the trial on you Gonna hang put on that For the next look through Why do we get judged By the color of our skin Black, white, and brown But we all American they want us divided, that's the only way they win I just speak the truth and I don't care who I offend 1A, I can say whatever the hell I want 2A, I can buy whatever guns I want hey, They say brain not making songs about Donald Trump What?
21: and feeling blood from that mine now soos elke boer en Een en vrou a oormacht nou oor ons land sta gewapend door die tand sy scha die valle donker wong oor die toekomst van ons volk van ons salons verdwijn. Bij magers fontein, bij magers fontein, bij magers fontein, drek ons die lijn. Kom boeren krijgen is, wees
22: helder, die dag van rekenskap is hier. die vijand jaag nou Stand your man don't give in. We're fighting for this world's future. We love, we my pain, we love pain, we love pain, we love pain, my dier As jy, schiet, schiet my, dier. As jy schiet, schiet
21: my dier My, Afrikaan, as jy my vraag sal ek jou zing hoe diep my hartse wortels leeg Als jij my vraag zal ik jou pas dus my grond hier in my vijks kom boeren krijgers wie
22: is nou helder die taal. Skaan your man, Den kan Se vir is vir ons, Vol verhoofen, Verloofen, Pein en smaak, As dit, my dear. As jy my dear.
2: ankeer. Staan vast, staan vast, sy taak nie Staan vast, staan vast, staan vast, staan vast.
22: Kom, krijgers, wees nou helder, My dear, assist me, My dear, assist My dear.
3: In South Africa, genocide of white people, black on white violence, is rampant and ongoing. The South African mainstream media has kept this genocide hush-hush, and South Africa's politicians have been silent about it. It's time for the silence to end. Enter USAC, the United South Africa Coalition. USAC Incorporated comprises groups and individuals around the world working together to create public global awareness of the genocide in South Africa and to develop community restoration programs that will make South Africa a safe place for all races to thrive. To join USAC and for more information about USAC and what you can do, visit USAC.center. USAC, working to bring back a safe, truly unified South Africa.
23: This is the Renegade Show. You have three different scenarios here, and I'll give them to you. No, I said Scenarios, not Cheerios. Coming to you coast to coast and around the world on your favorite radio station. How did you get Cheerios from Scenarios? All right, it's time for the Renegade Pick of the Week countdown. Here we go, counting it down all the way to number one. (coughs) Who farted? Yeah, we like to welcome you to the Renegade family. Does anybody even remember Dookie Hauser? I think it's fair to warn you that by listening to this show, you're committing a misdemeanor in four states, three children, are asking their parents where babies come from two children run away and one mother ends up crying by the end of the show this is the renegade show go to facebook.com slash radio chris master to find out days times and stations of where you can catch the renegade show
14: Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, and when I invented MyPillow, I wanted to have everything you'd ever want in a pillow. You can adjust the patented fill to your exact individual needs. You can wash and dry my pillow. It has a 10-year warranty not to go flat, and it's made in the USA. And now, for a limited time, you can get a queen-size premium MyPillow for the lowest price ever. Regularly $69.98, now only $29.98. That's a $40 savings. I'm also giving you deep discounts on all my MyPillow products including my bed sheets, mattress toppers, and bath towels. Not only are you getting the lowest prices ever, but they make the best Christmas gifts ever. Buy now, and I'll extend my 60-day money-back guarantee to March 1st, 2021. Hey, it's Mark, and you know Mike supports the right to keep and bear arms, and we support Mike. Please visit MyPillow.com and click on the Radio Listener Specials box and use promo code AAR for all of Mike's great discounts. Or call 800-978-9358, and remember, use promo code AAR.
5: From the bowels of a nondescript building in a little hick town, this is Outlaw Radio. I'm not a mood to deal with you today, you stupid asshole! F-O, F-O,
2: F-O.
4: All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Outlaw Radio, brought to you by Cold Cock Whiskey. Raise your glass, take your shot. You must be 21 years of age or older to drink. Hunter Athletic, Gear Up, Let's Train, and USAC, the United South Africa Coalition. Go to USAC.center for more information. The songs you just heard. You just just heard Rust by Chris Angeles. Before that, uh, Bulletproof by Bullet to the Heart. Before that, Buck Van Blurk with Afrikaner Heart. Great song. Even if you didn't understand the lyrics, because it's in Afrikaans, that song was about the Anglo-Boer War in the early 20th century of South Africa, when the uh, when the uh, Dutch settlers, the Afrikaners, took on the uh, British Army. Before that, uh, Bryson Gray with All-American, and starting off the whole set, American Grimm with God and Kings. And... As Chris would say, it is time.
23: This is Outlaw Radio News of the Weird.
4: From the Outlaw Radio Newsroom, it is none other than I, Bad Billy. And here's what's going on in the world of weird news. Mystery animal in tree turns out to be a croissant. <laughs> a woman in Krokov, Poland had quite a fright when she saw what looked to be a bizarre animal that had been hanging in the lilac tree outside of her home for a few days. The woman called for help dealing with what she thought might be an iguana, according to the BBC. When police officers showed up at the scene, they saw they were able to nab the mystery animal (laughs) (laughs) bread-handed because the animal in question turned out to be a croissant, according to a Facebook post by the Krokov Animal Wealth Animal Welfare Society. <laughs> oh my god, I see a picture of this thing. <laughs> the person behind the post theorized that the croissant was known was thrown outside of a window as a as a treat for birds in the, in the area and ended up getting stuck in the tree. Although the woman's worry turned in turned out to be unfounded. She did the right thing because there are people willing to get rid of any animal that causes some trouble. Or just get bored. The Facebook post said. It's better to check it and be it's better to check and be pleasantly disappointed. The animal rescue did not mention what happened to the croissant after it was retrieved from the tree. Well, it was probably thrown away, more than likely. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Uh, Some of the bizarre things. Okay. Two fearless little terrorists chase trespassing bear outside of their house. Okay, so... A brown bear who wandered into Pasadena, California looking for a snack got a bit more it bargained for when two little terrorists named Spirit and My My chased it out. Homeowner Dee Dee Mueller told ABC 7 in Los Angeles that she was napping in the next room when the bear wandered in like it owned the joint. The dogs woke woke her up, excuse me, the dogs barking woke her up and literally scared the piss out of the bear as it hightailed out of there. Okay, I got, yeah, there's a video here. I got to see this. I got to see this. Let's check this out. Let's see. Okay, so I do see the bear, wa- yeah, wandering onto the property to... Uh, there's like a little pool thing. You're like a wishing well. The bear takes a drink. And wandering into the house. Yeah, you see the bear. Wow, the bear actually going inside the person's house. This is in California. Where the hell did this bear come from? Yep. So, and I don't think that is a... That is like an Alaskan brown bear. I think it's more like a, a brown black bear because it, it's re- relatively smaller. So we just have the bear kind of uh, wandering around, taking a look at things, sniffing, sniffing the cupboards, the shelves. Ugh. Not really doing too much interesting there. Hasn't gone to the cupboards, hasn't gone to the fridge yet. Just wandering around some more. Now the bear's out of sight. And there's the dogs. And that's, okay. Yes, this is definitely a black bear because uh, a brown bear would have killed them easily. Even though this bear could do it, but uh, black bears are a bit uh, more skittish. So, yeah, this was nothing like a grizzly or an Alaskan brown bear. And where it came from is anybody's guess. All right. So, continuing with the article, thank God we we have two fierce dogs protecting us, Mueller said, er, Mueller wrote on. Facebook with a laughing emoji in response to comment about the size of the dog. She added, they don't know they're small. Bears seem to enjoy the, the bears seem to enjoy the Mueller home. She has a, she has a playlist of more than 30 videos of the animals passing through the yard, including at least one other clip with with squirt and and my taking protective action. Okay. Oh uh, yeah, there's here's more uh, here's here's more Yeah, there's the bear in the backyard. The dogs you can obviously hear the dogs barking at it. Yeah, so let's see what else do we have in the world of weird news. Okay, Florida man. Now that's that's really surprising, isn't it? He- hearing about a Florida man. How many Florida posts have we had in the past here? Florida driver busts through gates, leaps over drawbridge as it opens. In a scene caught by multiple traffic cameras, a driver smashed through the tra- the traffic arms or a Florida drawbridge then it made the dangerous leap. As the bridge opened, a vehicle was briefly airborne on Daytona Beach's Main Street Bridge, which crosses the Halifax River on Monday. All right, there's a video here. Let's take a look at this. So about 41 seconds, we see, we see cars on the bridge. Oh, yeah, the bridge was opening. You know how bridge opened for boats and shit like that? Raising the bridge, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. So it wasn't, it wasn't exactly a Dukes of Hazard jump or anything like that. It's just, uh, just, it just a minor jump. It did jump a little bit, but uh, yeah, no, like I said, nothing like uh, the Dukes of Hazard. That's still kind of a dumb move by the driver, but but we're getting a lot of stupid people out of Florida lately over the past couple of years. Okay, so as the rest of the article goes. Local NBC station WESH said the traffic arms had to be replaced and the police believe they have identified the driver. The gate also appeared to damage the vehicle's windshield, but it's not known if the driver was injured. The drawbridge was seen the drawbridge has seen its share of stunts just last month. A motorcycle made the same leap. All right, so here's a, another Twitter uh, video on Twitter. Just going to go ahead and cue this. Here we go. Let's see. Oh, yeah, that was the motorcycle. Still not a spectacular jump like from the uh, Deuce of Hazard. Nothing spectacular there. Just uh, the, the two ends were barely separated just as the vehicles went over. So the rest of the article reads, It's absolutely against the law. That's why the rails are there. Florida Safety Council spokesperson Bonnie Frank told Fox News 35 in Orlando after the after this week's jump. You're not just risking yourself, you're risking all those other people that are also up that are also up that bridge. And she's got a very very good point there. Yes, indeed. So what else we got? Oh, this looks interesting. Oh shit! What the fuck is this? <laughs> Canadian lawmaker caught naked during video conference. Have
10: tried to uh, emphasize the importance. Okay. All right. Let's here. Respecting quorum, the dress code here in the House, and I think uh, that.
4: Let's let's hear let's hear this. Go to the beginning.
10: Member for sur roi has a point of order. We have tried to emphasize the importance. Of uh, respecting quorum, the dress code here in the House. And I think uh, that this today we have beaten, a, we've uh, set a new record. We've seen a member during question period uh, improperly dressed, that is, uh, unclothed. So perhaps remind uh, the members, especially the male members, that uh, suits and ties are uh, appropriate or, or rather called for. And uh, we have seen that the member was in very good shape, but I think that uh, this member should be uh, reminded of what is appropriate and to control his camera. Thank you.
4: (laughs) Okay. (laughs) William Amos, who has represented the Quebec District of Pontiac since 2015, appeared on the scenes of his fellow lawmakers, Completely Naked on Wednesday. William Amos. Okay, yes, I just read that. I don't know why it was written twice. The Pontiac, Pontiac, or the the pandemic has meant many Canadian lawmakers to participate in sessions via video conference instead of in person. A screenshot obtained of the Canadian press shows Amos standing behind a desk between the Quebec, and Canadian flags, his private parts hidden by what appears to be a mobile phone in one hand. This is an unfortunate error, Amos said in a statement sent by email. My video was accidentally turned on as I was changing into my work clothes after going for a jog. I sincerely apologize to my colleagues in the house of Commons for this unintentional distraction. Obviously, it was an honest mistake, and it won't happen again. (laughs) All right, so uh, a name I can't pronounce. uh, Claude. uh, The first name is Claude. I'm not going to try to pronounce the French last name. Okay. A uh, Claude or legislator for the opposition block. Wow, more French words I can't pronounce. Raise the incident to a point of order after after question period suggesting that uh, wow, they're they're filling this with words I can't understa- I can't pronounce or understand. I do apologize here. Yeah, so so basically it requires Parliament workers to wear a suit and tie. Speaker Anthony Rhoda later thanked her, her for her observations and clarified that he had not seen anything. He checked with, t- with technicians and confirmed they saw something. He reminded lawmakers to always be vigilant when they are near a camera and microphone. Amos... Amos... Eh, Amos, secretary to the industry industry minister Francois philippe Champagne, was visible only to Parliament member, uh, only visible to par- Parliament members and staffers on internal video on the internal video conference feed. Because he was not speaking, his image did not show up on the public feed. I guess that's good for him. And excuse my third grade level reading as they're, you know, they're filling this up with words that I cannot pronounce. Liberal Party colleagues Mark Holland said Amos was utterly mortified. Holland said he was satisfied with the explanation from his colleague. I don't think there was any ill intent. It's it's certainly an unfortunate circumstance, Holland said. This is a warning to everybody, Holland said you've got you've got to really always assume the camera is on and be very careful anytime you wander or anywhere near that camera that you you are dressed appropriately he asked if he will be discussing a he asked if asked if he will be issuing a warning to all liberal lawmakers to the effect Holland said oh big time all right. So we still got some time here. So let's see what else what else we have. Let's see. Uh starts bizarre Twitter beef with call, De- give okay. It up. okay, so Stakem starts bizarre Twitter beef with Neil DeGrasse Tyson. All right, amazingly, experts look to the side of the processed meat product lover or product over celebrity. Uh, what? Okay, why are they filling this up with another article filled up with words that I can't fully underst- uh, pronounce? Okay, so Neil, Neil deGrasse Tyson recently found himself in a bizarre Twitter beef with all things Steak'Em. Even stronger, many experts took the side of the processed meat product. It all started on Sunday. Tyson tweeted out, "The good thing about science is that it's true, whether or not whether or not you you believe it." So, <laughs> although the tweet attracted. One thousand twenty-eight or one hundred and twenty-eight thousand likes. It didn't get much love from Stakeham on Monday night. Stakeham added, "A little more meat is a little more meat to its con- contention, saying that ironically, Tyson's tweet may influence people to be more skeptical of science in a in a time of unpredicted or unprecedented." Misinformation. Science is an Science is an ever refining process to the truth, not a dogma, Stakem said, adding, no matter his intent, this message isn't helpful. The company transparent excuse me. The company then transparently admitted the reason for going after Tyson about the difference between science and truth. Spoiler alert. It involves spe- selling processed meat to homes in to, to home cooks. Some people suspected Stakeham's stance was the result of a recent change in the company's social media staff. A charge the company, excuse me, a, ch- a charge the company denied. And uh, yeah, you as you scroll through the article, there you'll see. There's a lot of back and forth going on uh, on Twitter here, so yeah, you like I say, you'll find the article. uh, Just go to our website, or excuse me, our Twitter at uh, Outlaw Radio ABS. All right, so let's see how much time do we have here? Still got some time. Uh, Let's see. Record-holding giant rabbit stolen in UK. Police say one of the world's biggest bunnies has been stolen from its home in central e- England. Darius, a uh, continental uh, continental giant yeah, continental giant rabbit has disappeared from its enclosure in a backyard in a backyard in the village of Stalton, I think that's how it's pronounced, over the weekend. The West Mercia Police Force said they did not elaborate on why they thought it was a theft instead of an ex- escape. The f- the force appealed for any, excuse me, the por- the force appealed for any misinformation about Or or sightings of Darius, who is who is gray brown, and 129 centimeters, four feet three inches long. That's how big this rabbit is. Four feet three inches long at full stretch. He holds the Guinness World Record. He holds the Guinness World Records citation of the world's longest rabbit. Rabbits of his type are known to weigh about 15 to 20 pounds. And yeah, there's a picture. He, he is a big boy, that's for sure. The owner is, excuse me, the owner, Aunt Annette Edwards, a, lar- a large rabbit breeder and model urged the culprit of culprits to return Darius to his home. About one hundred miles northwest of London, saying it was a very sad day. She initially offered a one thousand pound, which comes out to one thousand three hundred and seventy U.S. dollars reward, but re but tweeted Tuesday, please, please, I am so upset. Can you bring my Darius back? I am putting down a reward. Uh- up to two thousand pounds, two thousand seven hundred and forty-eight uh, American dollars. Wow! So let's let's have a look here. Let's take a listen to this video.
9: This is Dexter. He's a ten-month-old
4: continental giant. Oh, so that that right there—that was that was a different rabbit. But yeah, that too is a big boy. Yeah, check it out on our Twitter for sure. You'll you'll want to see this. So. All right, so with that said, now it is time for Shower Thoughts. All right, your brain knows exactly how to wag your tail. You just don't have a tail. Already rich people seem to get lots of things for free, while people who aren't rich or or poor and are actually, actually uh, let me let me start this one over <laughs> already rich people seem to get lots of stuff for free while the people who aren't rich or are poor are in actual need don't and that is true being a bear must be great you're in, you're encouraged to get fat half of the year and then sleep it And then go to sleep for the other half. (laughs) And we saw that bear get ran off by what looked like chihuahuas. KFC is both a restaurant and the main units of temperature. All right. Use your phone while you drive. You'll, You'll get a fine. But a giant pc sized interactive touch screen on on your car dash is acceptable mac is both a short f- form uh, excuse me mac is both a a short f- form acronym of macrono- macaroni and cheese batteries are prepaid electricity that is very true One of life's greatest ironies is looking for your glasses. Mario is the highest paid plumber to have ever existed. NASA probably labels containers with do not drop to to mess with astronauts. Because, Because of amputees, the average number of limbs is less than Four, meaning that if you have all your limbs, you are above average. I'm above average. I got all my limbs. I'll hopefully I stay that way. Since countries own the ground underneath them, all countries border each other at, at the center of the earth. If everyone adopted the only, excuse me, if everyone Adopted the only speak when you spoken theory when nobody would then nobody would ever talk wearing prescription sunglasses inside makes it both easier and hard harder to see most people are willing to get stronger excuse me most people are willing to let a baby a stranger babysit their children then let a stranger stay in their house. and Yeah, that's true. I can agree with that statement right there. Good morning is generally seen as a greeting, whereas good day and good night are farewells. You could add up every tanning salon on the planet and still wouldn't come close to how many tans the sun has actually given. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, before all that, uh, how many thousands of years did uh, the Earth exist and soci- societies exist without electricity? So, very good point there. Someone was surely paid to figure out how to aim a a, a bit it directly at assholes. Okay. <laughs> If humans and dinosaurs had coexisted, we would probably have eaten them more, th- more than they have a- eaten us. Well, if we found a way to kill them, I mean, God, we're talking about animals that big. And before guns, you know, all we had was spears and knives and slingshots and primitive we- weapons like that. Uh, who's to say? All right, And finally, honeybees are the ultimate example of don't let your anger guide your actions. And ladies and gentlemen, that does it for news of the weird slash shower thoughts. All right, so coming up next week, I should have a good show. Um, I'm supposed to talk to uh, Monty Cox, who's uh, been involved in the UFC in the early days. I'm uh, managing great fighters like Pat Militich, Matt Hughes, Jim Pulver, uh, Tim Sylvia, and that list goes on. He has agreed to join the show. Also, I should be speaking with Morgan Wade. She's a country singer. I can't remember exactly where she's from, but uh, she's going to be at Highway 30 Music Fest 2021. Definitely looking forward to speaking with her. So, yeah, at least finally you heard me say something that I, I actually have a show planned out. <laughs> All right. So, we're going to end the show with Man of War and Dark Avenger. Yes, the one song that featured the late, great, legendary Orson Welles. Thank you very much for tuning in to Outlaw Radio, and I shall be back next week.
21: Are you tired of modern pop music that sounds like a dog fucking a squeaky toy? Well, that's why you're listening to Outlaw Radio. We tell bad bed music to piss up a rope. We give you our opinions, and if a fight breaks out, so fucking what? This is Outlaw Radio.
2: Dead cry Where no one sleeps While the undead
7: gate of Hades by the guardian of the lost souls, the keeper of the unavenged, and he did say to him, let ye not pass Abaddon. return to the world from whence he came, and seek payment, not only for thine own anguish, but to vindicate the souls of the unavenged. And they placed in his hands a sword made for him called Vengeance, forged in brimstone, and tempered by the woeful tears of the unavenged. And to carry him on his journey back to the upper world, they brought forth their demon horse, called Black Death, a grim steed, so fiercer in might and black in color that he could stand as one. Save for his burning eyes and crimson fire. And on that night they rode up from hell. The pounding of his hooves did clap like thunder.
22: escape me on black death I ride when
14: kissed by the sword of vengeance your head lays there by your side I take the lives of all that I once knew
2: a torn flesh of a slow death waits for you burning raping
23: the daughters and
2: wives in blood I take my payment Lives, I spare not land or servants. My way is open. Lives, I take their wives and daughters. They stand there watching, watching, Helping to gain their But when I'm through, they.
4: everyone bad billy here do you own a business or perhaps you're in a band or maybe you run a radio show or podcast whatever you do you want to market your brand with custom made apparel look no further than fresh baked tees t-shirts hoodies tank tops caps beanies goozies, banners and even masks you can get them all custom made from fresh baked tees prices are reasonable and negotiable Simply go to freshbakedtees.com, submit your logo, and place your order today.
3: If you've been searching for a show that talks about what's trending in the world, entertainment, gossip, stupid news, and more sizzling talk radio, that is not dumbed or watered down a show that is not for pussies. Then you need to stop searching and check out the Charles Richardson show. It's uncensored talk radio, no cry babies, no losers, no fuck tarts. Charles Richardson and crew bring it 100% with real opinions. If you can't take it, get the fuck out you can even call the show and flap your gums provided you have a brain for the 411 stations and showtimes like the charles richardson show on facebook at facebook.com forward slash the charles richardson show some material may not be suitable for children under 18 the charles richardson show you want some come get some
0: I spent almost two decades working for the CIA. I've seen up close what so many people don't want to imagine. The frightening reality of radical Islamic terror. Here's the truth no one wants to admit. We will never see a day for the rest of our lives where that threat doesn't hover above our heads. Because the hatred that fuels these jihadists will burn for generations. The question is, will our freedom If we surrender our privacy rights, our speech rights, our religious rights, and our gun rights, we will not be safer. But we will doom our children and grandchildren, and the billions of people around the world who see America as a beacon of hope to utter darkness. Our freedom makes us great. Our freedom will keep us safe. I'm the National Rifle Association of America, and I'm freedom's safest place.
3: I'm Jim Hunt, at your service. Put my voice and audio production skills to work for you. Let's do this.
1: You have been listening to Outlaw Radio. Be sure to leave your feedback by calling 208-957-7016. All feedback is played and replied to on the show. Visit our official website at outlawradioabs.com. Outlaw radio is the presentation of AOW productions
16: We well, here I am sitting on the porch writing another song Waylon, really David Allen, cool You can't go wrong You're such great outlaw boys Just like me Man, can't you see Because you can't go wrong With one good outlaw song The Outlaw Song. Well, here I am sitting on the porch Wishing I was here with old George We'd be strumming on the cold hard truth And he stopped loving her there. play because you can't go wrong with one good outlaw song the outlaw song well here I am with this old song about Waylon and Willie David Allen Cole and a possum George Jones can't go wrong you can't go